Hey everybody, you're listening to the Bridgetown Daily. It's Thursday, February 18th, 2021. Here we are. My name's Christian. I'm part of the team here at Bridgetown Church, and I'm actually sitting here with my friend, Hakeem. What's up? So uh, if you don't know us, if you've never met us, what's up? Um, I'm an African-American. My mother is from Ethiopia, immigrated to the United States in her 20s. And then my dad's from Oakland, California. Mm. Hakeem, how about you? Well, both my parents are from Philly. I'm from Philly. My mom is Afro-Indigenous, and my dad is just a black dude from Philly. <laughs> <laughs> so him, Hakeem's one of my best friends out here, and um, we always are like chopping it up and talking about different things with life and All faith. Both of us are pastors in this area, and so different churches here in Portland. Uh, but we were in this conversation the other day talking about what we've learned from um, our families and from the black church, but specifically from some of the matriarchs in yeah. our families, our grandmothers. Yeah. And so for today's Bridgetown Daily, we actually wanted to share a little bit, it's Black History Month, um, and share a little bit about like things we've learned from people who followed follow Jesus, African-American women who followed Jesus before us. Yeah. And so Kim, I remember in our conversation, and I won't lead you too much, but um, you were talking a little bit about specifically your grandmother. Yeah. And so you wanna like kind of share a little bit about what you've learned um, from that tradition, from your grandmother, from African-Americans before you who follow Jesus? Yeah, I mean, just in general, some of my favorite theologians in the world are black grandmoms. Mm -hmm. That's like a, a new, <laughs> not a new saying that I've like kind of conjured up, but like it's just a revelation that I've come to understand. Where mm -hmm. I'm going, I am the product of my grandmoms, mothers, just multiple of them. Uh, they're prayers. Right. Like my maternal and paternal grandmothers, right? Both uh, directly and great. Mm. Like I am the result of those those prayers where I've never seen people shepherd and pastor folks like my grandmoms. Right. Where my grandfathers either weren't in the picture or were dead or there was some divorce going on. But these these matriarchs in my family shepherded both the men and women within my family, underneath mm. them, their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And many of my cousins and uncles and aunts, like we've gotten into all types of stuff, right? especially in the environments in which we came from, hmm. all throughout Philly and other regions. And these women held us down right. and prayed for us mm -hmm. and were correcting us and were saying, I know you're better than that. Right. And as a kid, right. you're like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> what? Are, I'm me. Like, what do you, I think I'm awesome. Right, right, right. right. But they would always- so all the time. Yeah, they would look at us and go like, I'm disappointed. And it's just like, why? Because you're not living up to who God made you to be. Right. And those mm -hmm. convictions were just like, okay, you you have something, you have a perspective on life that I need to tap into. For real. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So, as I just reflect now, almost three decades old, like I'm just going, if it were not for those who prayed for me mm -hmm. and showed me the way of following Jesus, mm -hmm. even when I was far from being a Christian, right? Right. They showed me the way in ways that no vocational pastor, um, or even, you know, bivocational pastor or famous theologian or whatever you, author, whatever you want to name, have have paved uh, paths for me. Mm. Nobody like them. And I'm, I, I've, I'm just forever grateful. Right. You know? You know, to this day, I'm, I, I, I agree with you that, like, my grandma is one of the best theologians out there. And yeah. she reminds me kind of of this, of this quote um, from James Cone, who's like the father of black liberation theology. Yeah. And in one of his his works, I don't remember if it was God of the Oppressed or um, I can't remember the other the name of the other one right now. God um, and Lynch and Tree? 
No, it wasn't the lynching tree. It was, uh, maybe it was just a black the- theology of liberation. Because he had like 15,000 books. Bruh, <laughs> he's like, I got things to say. <laughs> but I remember in one of his works, um, Cone makes a statement where he goes, yeah. black theology isn't about just ideas or philosophies or things in the abstract. Yeah. It, the, like what makes theology black is actually, because it has to come into the real life mm-hmm. of everyday people. Yeah. And he says, and that's who our God is. You know, it's a God yeah. who actually steps into the reality of human yeah. life, the reality of human suffering, pain, joy, all of those things. Mm. And that's why I think in so many ways, like black grandmothers, mine mine for sure, <laughs> is like a really good theologian because she's yeah. like, I don't care. I, my grandma does not care that I have a degree. Yeah. She, to this day, like she holds it down. Both of my grandmothers, I'm, I'm afraid of, of my grandma in Oakland, California to this day. I don't mess with her. Like my grandma in Oakland will, they don't care how old you are. No, I, I'm still a little bit afraid. But even my grandma Charlotte, who I'm closest to, who lives in the Seattle area, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that I would be staying at her house mm-hmm. and she always had this Bible sitting on her table, opened. Yeah. And every time I saw it, it was like flipped yeah. to the next page. Yeah. Like every day this woman was in the scripture yeah. and she was like praying. She always talked about like Bible study fellowship or something mm-hmm. yeah. that she was running or helping out with at yeah. the church. Yeah. But she like, she clung to the word of God in a way that really shaped me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Not because she even like always read it to me, yeah. but it was me actually seeing like, Oh, this is what she goes to each day. Like yeah. a cup of coffee and like that's her thing. And in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. But I I I you know, and my grandma, she was also a woman who um she prayed for everything. Mm-hmm. Like I I like there wasn't a thing where I remember in college if I was talking to her about something on the phone, uh every time she'd be like, now. Christian, before you hang, before you, you better make sure you go say your prayers. Before you, before you go study, I want you to sit down, you close that book, and you just talk to God and ask him to help you study. Yeah. But there's something, and she's, you know, she's the grandma. And my dad actually picks up on that because my dad, her son, is the guy who like prays for a parking spot at Costco. Come on, Jesus. And I'm like, Dad, calm I need down. That He's like, no, no, front. no. We're gonna we're gonna pray in a spot. We're gonna intercede and things are gonna be open. The you know, Red Sea. It's going to be parted. It's right here. But there was something that that for real about my grandma who was like, no, I can come to God with anything. Yeah. Like you can come to God with your study or with your parking spot or with your deepest aches. And knowing, you know, I mean, my grandma has lived through stuff. Mm. Like, and, you know, she's 86 now. She's 87 now. She still drives. Like my grandma's, wow. my grandma's wild. But the Don't, life that she's lived through. And wouldn't you say like that kind of ties into how the folks in the scriptures like lived. A hundred percent. Everything was God to them, right? Like, God, we need rain. And if it just rained, like we know about, what is it like, uh, what's the scientific term? Is it ecology? Like meteorology, I think, is that it? Or something, Ooh. one of the mileages, right? <laughs> Where you learn about ecosystems and yep, how yep, yep. rain and precipitation and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like, we know those things scientifically, but that doesn't make us smarter than those before us. We no. just have a different method of understanding. But to those in the scriptures, they're going, we, it's raining. Like God need- is providing rain so that we can have plants to grow so mm-hmm. that we can eat. Like God is in all things. Right. And I actually think that that's a more honoring perspective mm. towards God that your grandma, my grandma, often lived by. Yeah. Everything was about prayer. Everything was about coming and pray. I mean, I remember, I'll never forget this. I was, I had a, like a 3.8 in my master's program in my theology. Yeah. And I was like feeling good about myself. <laughs> I was on the phone with my grandma yeah. and no lie. I was like, grandma, I can't believe this. I have a 3.8. I'm killing it in my master's program. Yeah. And she, and I was like, I don't even know how I did it. And my grandma, oh, I was on the phone. I was with her in person. And my grandma, no lie. She looked at me. She pulled her glasses down her nose. <laughs> Looked at me through just eye to eye, not even through her glasses. And she said, 
Grace. <laughs> no lie. She looked at me and said, Grace. And I was like, no, I killed this. And she's like, Grace. Grace. But there was G-R-A-A. actually something. A-A-C-E. You were a byproduct of the grace of God. And I was like, but this is my master's. I got a 3.8, Grandma. She's like, no, the grace of God. Mm-hmm. But there is something about that that I'm hearing yeah. like, Having having people before us who shepherd their family, yeah. who pray, and who realize that everything in my life, like my whole life, is a byproduct yeah. specifically of the grace of God. Yeah, I remember um, when we were talking the other day, Kim. Too, you you were talking um, a little bit about like what you've learned. Another thing you've learned from the Black Church and from like people in faith that have come before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because that just it yeah. was it was encouraging for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean. If I'm if I'm analyzing the history of the black church in America, mm-hmm. they've always endured suffering mm-hmm. in light of having faith uh, and hope in God's promises mm. to his people, right? Mm-hmm. They read the scriptures like the Exodus story hits different. Mm-hmm. It hits very different. Mm-hmm. The, the Psalms hit a little different. Right. When you're talking about anger and anguish and saying, God, I need you to deliver me, mm-hmm. it hits a little different. Mm. Um, God's God's incarnate incarnation into Jesus and his mission to the nations hits a little different. Right. Those slavery passages in the Pauline text, like it hits different. Mm-hmm. But the whole trajectory is that God is liberating his people. Right. That's his promise, right? And From, he does so by like showing up himself. Absolutely. It's not distant or abstract. Absolutely. And... I think those who've come before me have always maintained that perspective that God is on a liberation rescue mission, mm-hmm. right? And I know people can get tired of, oh, black liberation theology, this, and all of this stuff. Man, scrap all that. At the end of the day, God is a God who liberates us, not just from sin and death, no. but also from the, the the pangs of living in this society from 100%. time. Like, he doesn't desire for people to have to go through segregation Mm-mm. Jim Crow Mm-mm. or redlining, Mm-mm. mass incarceration, poverty, slavery, any you know, of it. You name all of that stuff, right? And that's not playing victim to any of that stuff. That's mm-hmm. a reality for people that look like us. And we actually have a God who gets that reality. He lives it. And he doesn't ignore it and just say, no, I'm only here for your sins. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's like I'm about a kingdom yeah. that actually all this, it's, it's yeah. not going to be part of that. Yeah. And it's something about that promise of God that like that I have watched those who come before me hold on to. Mm-hmm. You know, and almost, you know, there's, there's always that danger of like, you know, prosperity this and name it and claim it. Yeah. But at the same time, like I understand that what's held my family together throughout decades, generations has been knowing that like God will be true to his word. He will be faithful. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like that also, you know, if he did it for them. He'll do it for us. Right. Yeah. You know, won't he do it? Hey, come he said on. he would. He said like he there's, would. yeah, come on. Oh, we're going to get you to sing for a second. But there is that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. that anchors you down in a different way to know like, man, if, if, if that yeah. God, he did it for them at that time, like he's the same God and he could do it for me. Mm-hmm. He'll take care of me. He'll be faithful. Yeah. He'll step into it. Yeah. I remember being on the phone with my grandma, um, a couple years ago and she was having some pain in her body I, I think it was with her hands or something mm. and I was on the phone with her and I was like hey grandma like how are you doing how are you feeling she's like you know sometimes you know like members of our family don't want to talk about it but she's like my body hurts and I know she said this she said mm. I know I'm on the other side I'm on the downhill side downhill side of the mountain yeah she's like I know it like I'm, I'm getting older at some point like I'm gonna die she understood that she goes I, I know it but she goes like I'm okay mm. 
And I'm all right with that. And I was just like, Grandma, can you tell me more? Like, tell me why. I mean, like, I follow Jesus, but like, what mm. does that mean to you? She's yeah. just like, I know I'll be with God forever. And I know that he's going to take care of this. And I know I won't be mm. in pain one day. And yeah. I know that even my kids and my grandkids are going to be taken care of because they're in God, you know? And there was something about her knowing like what mm. God promised that anchored her to not deny or ignore pain yeah. and suffering, but to actually live into it with deep hope. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for people who have lived that and modeled that in my everyday life. Mm. It's like that phrase, like uh, the black. I mean, it's not just to the black church, but I just can think of being in my grandma's first AME church at Capitol Hill in Seattle. <laughs> and you know that phrase though, that keep on keeping on. Yeah, like it's this idea of perseverance that's yeah. all over the scripture. Yeah, if, if, if black Christians didn't keep on keeping on, you and I wouldn't be here. Right. Like in Portland. In a predominantly white space, mm-hmm. uh, in this church work, mm-hmm. right? Like where we're at currently, educate, like all of these things, we would not be here if it were not for those who endured the suffering mm-hmm. and kept on pushing. But, and I think they would say that they kept on kept keep they kept on not just because they like mustered up the willpower to do it or mm-hmm. were like let's just be positive or let's just make it. Yeah. They actually were grounded. Like there was mm-hmm. something bigger than themselves. They knew that God would take care of them. Yeah. And it came from like you said, like grandmothers who prayed and yep. talked to God. Yep. Grandmothers and grandparents and people who opened the word of God every day mm-hmm. and just trusted that God was going to deliver on that promise. Yeah. It was those sort of habits and rituals and practices, even as simple as prayer and scripture mm. that kept them keeping on. Yeah. And it's interesting that a lot of, you know, our grandparents or great-grandparents or even great-great-grandparents who found their source of hope and redemption Mm. in the scriptures Mm -hmm. may not have actually had a a very high education level, Mm. but they knew their Bible. Mm -hmm. They knew their theology Mm -hmm. because you could dictate how they knew those things based off of their practices and how they lived. Mm -hmm. You may have only went to eighth grade, great-grandma, but I'll tell you what. You've taught me more than any professor with a PhD could ever do. Right. Because of your life and how you live and how you've shepherded us. Mm -hmm. So Christian and Hakeem are products of them. A hundred percent, man. To do that. I think what it, I guess what the point of all this and what we're trying to say to all of you listening today, all the part of the family, is that two of the practices that we want to keep up, that we have learned from those who've come before us, is to pray, like talk to God about everything, especially suffering, especially pain, and allow him to walk you through it and stay grounded in his word. Mm -hmm. Even if it's holding on to one scripture that you quote, I mean, no one quotes scripture better than my dad. And he doesn't have (laughs) no degree in Bible or theology, but my dad, if he's praying for you, you're going to get 13 different scriptures and be hungry for Thanksgiving dinner. You're like, dad, speed (laughs) it up. But he knows he's hidden that thing in his heart, you know? And if we could encourage you to do anything that we've learned from those who come before us, we'd say, keep on, stay in prayer mm. and be people of the word of God and yeah. let that ground you to be people of perseverance. Yeah. Hakeem, we were talking about uh, Hebrews 12, just to kind of to close, um, that we want to kind of read over our church and our family as a prayer and a commission for the sort of people we want to be. So right yeah. now, wherever you're at, would you just take a deep breath in, take a deep breath out. Hear what uh, the author of Hebrews wrote to the church. And even throughout your day, I encourage you, go back to this scripture. Let it be something that regrounds you in God throughout the day, and it spurs you on to deeper trust, deeper love, deeper faithfulness. Hmm. Hebrews 12 starts off by saying, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance 
the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart.